1: And we're back with another episode of On the Record with Tiffany. Um, Happy New Year to everyone in our listening range and in our viewing range. Um, We're here on 930 AM, The Answer, and on the African American Network television, where we have a local feel with a global reach. And today I have one of my favorite community activists and uh, visionary, Shikare Nakpodia. Known to his friends as show.
2: Good afternoon, Tiffany. Thank you so much for having me here. You know, um, I was looking forward to it all weekend, quite honestly.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I'm so excited about Dream Week coming up uh, next week. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about dream week and what it is for those who who are living under a rock and don't know what dream week is
2: well dream week is a well now it's become a two-week celebration of tolerance diversity and equality but more importantly it's a summit that uh you know we create we used to create an environment for civil and civic engagement um we can't get enough of people mixing Uh, in every single way, but not necessarily uh, having to uh, necessarily uh, shift their positions. It's just enough to engage, get to know the other person, maybe even learn something from the other person. So this is our 10th year coming up, and we've had thousands of events. So if you haven't heard of Dream Week, you've missed quite a bit, but
1: Dream
2: Week (laughs) is for the future. And um, so it's a good time to participate. So what we do, Dream Voice is the agency behind Dream Week. And uh, Dream Voice, um, basically we solicit throughout the year, community organizations and individuals and you know, appeal to them to host an event celebrating tolerance, diversity, and equality. So this is, uh, I mean, we have 175 partners coming up this year. So this is really the the largest community curated event of its kind in the nation. Um, so it's not so much as Dream, Dream Voice or Show Nakpodia creating this summit. It's really the community, literally the community, actually um, hosting events, and then we promote it. And uh, the events range from you know the classic debates to panel discussions. Speaker series and then celebrations, fashion shows, and uh galas. Um, again, um, on the line all of this is obviously, uh, um, we're inspired by MLK, but we're inspired for two reasons. Number one, we believe that his approach, as with many others in the civil rights movement, was to you know, see that, uh, you know attempt to sit across the table and basically uh, lay out your own uh, opinions and attempt to probably sway the other party. But most importantly, because they were speaking, there was there was no need for um, violence. Although that occurred as well, but it wasn't. It was actually the discussions that ended up mitigating all of that. And then the second reason, of course, is that we believe that there's a community, we all have community geniuses, a community genius, and we believe that there are individual geniuses in our community. What better way to get them exposed or revealed than to have a summit where there's no real um, fee or application, uh, at least there's no, uh, there's no certification necessarily to be part of it. And that's essentially what Drink Week is about.
1: I love that because Dream Week and uh On the Record with Tiffany are are basically in alignment in terms of mission. Yes. Because that's that's really why we started also is because we believe people are more alike than they are different. Definitely. You know, that we and that very same mentality, those two reasons working together and the fact that exactly so you so well stated there are geniuses right in front of our eyes that we don't know about because they're busy working yes and they're working within the scope of of what their mission and purpose in life is yes and so they you know you something like dream week all of a sudden when you bring in your your speakers panel and your your uh um your your speaker series then you get to highlight okay well well there's uh SACAM doing yes. magnificent things in terms yes. of archiving uh our history accurately archiving our history you've got uh all kinds of other organizations that are are uh in the arts that are <laughs> that that have so many different aspects of that highlight so many different aspects of our community and you, you we never see all this conglomeration of different ideas were it not for something like dream Week.
2: yes uh, you know san antonio is a huge huge uh city and so um you know we have a, we kind of model ourselves uh using south by southwest which is global Mm-hmm. And uh, but you know they've they've had maybe thirty years or so of kind of refining that and making sure that um, they have a, they have a kind of a machine going on, um, and so we can be the kind of more cer- cerebral South by Southwest. We can be uh, you know an organization that we can use our resources to welcome people around the world to visit San Antonio in early January and attempt to resolve conflict. And that could be the the core um, uh, vision of of Dream Voice uh, going forward. But more importantly, I think we can actually, without necessarily trying to get uh, results and get conclusions, we can get to a point where we are both Understand what the real core argument is, and in doing so, challenge ourselves because the uh, you know the other party would definitely should have definitely made some points that would you know ha- have you reconsider your own views. So people leave that situ- uh, that environment with a little bit more respect for each other,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, and that's what under-
1: we need today. We yes. need more respect for the other side's opinion. Yes. We don't yeah. have to you don't have to agree with yeah. the other side, but you definitely have to respect their where they're coming from and see where they're coming from. Put ourselves in other people's shoes. I love that you that yeah. you're you're thinking in those terms.
2: We have to we, we have to do that. Um so Dreamweek also allows individuals the ability to venture. So you can venture spiritually, you can venture intellectually, you can venture literally fiscally. Uh, we have kids on the uh, east side now who do not re- need an excuse to be at, say, the Magne. Um mm-hmm. Well, they have an excuse, but they shouldn't have, they shouldn't have an excuse. And, uh, and you know, they, re- they realize that, you know, it's a place that is welcoming. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they can also contribute to what the mag- the is, and it could be the Tobin, it could be, you know, the Carvel it, it could be the uh, mm-hmm. Guadalupe. So they all have, they all become these destinations for people who uh, haven't been to um, those locations, because I think it's very important to understand, for us to understand as a community that San Antonio belongs to every one of us. And, uh, or we are, you know, equal uh, share, shareholders in this idea and this, you know, in the city of San Antonio. So every single one should have access to every place that is public. And, and it's very and important.
1: Wonderful. That, so can you, you know, I, I love hearing the history and the background of, of Dream Week. Can you tell us what is your thing this year? for
2: Dream Week. Right, so wow. Um, our theme is our future, Tiffany. So our future, and we thought a lot about that. And the reason we came up with that thing was that, you know, we believe that the future is what we are doing now. You and I are kind of creating our future as we speak literally, right? And it's important not to, um, as dreamers, As dreamers, we have to believe that what we're doing now impacts this final vision that we have and that the vision might be revised when we get to our destination each time to, you know, a more, a truer and a more, probably even pure goal. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, we might not arrive at that final destination because it might just be the actual, you know, journey that is what's more important. And um, and I know you were going to ask me later. I didn't want to bring it in, but you know the the recent uh, case you're going to introduce later on in the show.
1: We can talk about it now. And, her, her
2: ampl- her. Amplifies that. Yeah. Amplifies that fact that the things that you are uh, maybe doing in your lifetime, you may not see the actual.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh,
2: and that's essentially what MLK is part of MLK's message as well that you can work towards this goal that you may not necessarily arrive at but you'll be sure and certain that it would happen
1: well thank you for what you're doing uh to my listeners we're you're listening to on the record with tiffany and come back because our in our next segment we're going to talk with show about plessy v ferguson and what that means today so Let's remember, we're all more alike than we are different. So let's open our ears and our hearts and listen to what's going on on the other side. <laughs> Sometimes what we think is tough isn't quite as tough as we have made it in our own minds. So let's open our minds and hearts and listen a little bit more. And you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation. And I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister? Is your brother? Is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit, or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you. And we're back uh, with another segment of On the Record with Tiffany. And... With the visionary and founder of Dream Week, show. Thank you so much for being here, yes. and I want to dive right into um, Plessy v. Ferguson. We just okay. saw a big. Uh, for those of you who don't know what Plessy v. Ferguson is, you know because it's it it did happen a long time ago. It it is a landmark case. Uh, from 1896 in which the the U.S. Supreme Court upheld the constitutionality of racial segregation under the separate but equal doctrine. That case stemmed from an incident in 1892 in which an African-American train passenger, Homer Plessy uh, refused to sit in a car for black people. Uh, rejecting Plessy's argument that his constitutional rights were violated, the Supreme Court ruled that a law that implies merely a legal distinction between white people and black people was not unconstitutional. So this past week, we saw uh, that get overturned. And what we saw that was so beautiful about it, I mean, it had been overturned before, uh, but what we saw this week was the family family members of Plessy and Ferguson came together and said, "Hey, this should have never happened." The, you know, we're better than this as a people and as a nation, and um, we want to acknowledge that we're better than this. And the great state of Louisiana actually uh, acknowledged it and and uh, made a big a big gesture uh, towards all communities that that we needed to uh, um, right or wrong. So so I think that kind of leads into what you are doing uh, with, with uh, Dream Week and with your idea and vision for that.
2: Yes, I, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful location And uh, you know, just and they must have worked together. Both families, or at least just members of the family, would have worked together for years Mm -hmm. as well. We're just recognizing that, right? Mm -hmm. And that's part of the genius within the community that we kind of miss sometimes when we have when we miss this, uh, you know, opportunity to recognize that there are people out there who are peacemakers, Mm -hmm. right? They are peacemakers first. And being a, being a peacemaker in that situation, you would have had to leave home, leave some of the people that you care behind to go across, you know, uh, to the other side, or at least in a center of a median. And so both of them had, uh, you know, distractors on both sides. Exactly. You know, it's not as if one, they, they drag either side. And hopefully... That union and the celebration of that union is going to allow the others who are a little bit resistant to join into this, you know, uh, very important, I think, uh, collaboration. We had uh, a speaker for week called um, Daryl Davis. Mm-hmm. Daryl Davis is uh, supposed to, he's out of, he's uh, a musician, but in his spare time, he goes out to reach out to KKK Members, and you know talk to them and just be, sometimes even actually break bread with them, and he's responsible for actually uh decimating the the clan in Maryland accordingly wow. to from from this approach, so they're about fifteen to so it's probably a lot more now. he was here about four years ago, so probably a lot more now, but he also had a a great deal of resistance. And critics on the side uh, on the african American side because they felt that you one shouldn 't go out and you know dine with the devil, and there should be no this should be no considerations at all. these are people that we shouldn't have to beg to be more humane or more human and uh so that's a discussion that would have so with you know uh perseciver's uh Ferguson, you still have the same uh, where we, we we're celebrating, but we're also celebrating a kind of a neutrality. It's not as if we've 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 done more. This is basically it should be the actual standard. It should be the default setting <laughs> right. we're celebrating here, and so that tells you how much further we need to go. But it's so important to always say, look, you know what, that is how goodness and being true. that that is what it looks like when we're being honest and true and we're being uh, each other's neighbor, true neighbor.
1: And I I love that because, you know, if often people will equate, uh, they bring in their values and say, Hey, this is my personal ethos. My personal ethos is, is I'm a Christian. Uh, so i'll take myself and i 'll say my personal ethos, tiffany's personal ethos is that i'm a christian so if if as a christian i'm approaching a subject like racism, then then I have to approach approach that subject with with uh some degree of forgiveness for the other side, and that is a hard, hard thing to say. And to live, because there are moments when you, when someone is is saying something or doing something that is so egregious that you're just like, this is an unforgivable thing. And, and, Tiffany, I, and I don't want to. I don't want to. but my flesh doesn't want to forgive, forgive this X Y Z action. But in order to overcome any adversity, one has to at some point extend the olive branch. We, we have to, you know, that, that is how you avoid yourself being consumed with, with uh, the pain of, of hatred and anger, because that can go on both sides on any subject that can go on both sides. And you know, I like the fact that, that we saw the extension of the olive branch while maintaining the dignity of, of uh, those who have been wronged. You know, like you can, that, that can happen. It doesn't have to be all or nothing.
2: You, one has to believe strongly in their own success, Mm-hmm. to be able to forgive, that it doesn't disrupt your success exactly. in what you, or your mission in what you're doing. And it's so important to see that as not a, uh, you're not backsliding or you're not doing anything that is going to affect what your future is going to be by forgiving. Forgiving doesn't necessarily mean joining hands or so. It's basically saying that this, does, this is not going to affect the outcome that I truly believe would happen. Yeah. By by doing this, gesture, it's not going to affect the outcome. And um, I, you know, uh, Tiffany, I, I say this quite frequently, you know, I, I think that is, you just touched on one aspect of the genius in African-Americans and it's their ability to forgive. African-Americans, yeah. the ability to forgive and to forgive and show that through all of this, there is and continues to be uh, this part to greatness, because it's, it's not relevant to who we, it's not going to be relevant to who we are. Ultimately, all the things that have happened, we shall overcome. And that's very important.
1: Um, can you tell us about your speaker series and who, and, and the topics that are coming our way next week, and the next two weeks? dream week
2: so okay so you're going to get me in trouble here but there are 32 individual speakers in the dream hour speaker series it's called the dream hour speaker series the entire program for each speaker is going to be one hour 35 minutes to present 15 minutes for q a and you know you get to meet them at the end Mm -hmm. Um, we expect very small groups Um, there's going to be social distancing as well uh, we've divided it up into uh, three locations, four locations actually: the Radius Building, uh, the Tobing uh, Casa San Antonio, who have been very generous, and also the Weedy Museum. So that's again, we're talking about the idea to venture any of the spaces that individuals haven't been to. Uh, we've lined up, I think, is seven or six, seven, six or seven speakers a day on the hour to go there to, uh, to present and speak. And all of them have been told, just tell us what you think the future, our future should be. And that's basically it. And we expect that, you know, to be able to discuss what our future is, you have to include me in it. Mm-hmm. And you have to also respect the position that I want to be in that future as well. Um, or the, the, this position I aspire to being in that. So rather than have people talk about the future, I think it's important to talk about our future. For the panel series, we've divided it up into, you know, different uh, groups. There's going to be a panel that will discuss the future of health, the future, another one, the future of art, the future of um, uh, technology, you know, future of justice, you know, and I think we have about eight of them that would, uh, Uh, And that discussion is really just talking in broad terms about what we see for the what we see in the future. And we don't expect people to be (laughs) prophets here. (laughs)
1: Right.
2: You know, that's not the the idea is that what the question, the underlying question is, what should we be doing now to uh, to live more peacefully in the future? That's really the underlying idea and uh so let's take, for example, an issue health issue uh with cancer, and as obviously you have you know the challenge of uh the health care system and also the researchers to come up with a cure or an effective one. but there's a huge uh debate on the line that between. You know whether it's ther- the different ther- therapy styles and the different medication and it's a huge fight underneath that right we never get that far because we're talking about this you know well smoking does this or that does that but we don't talk about this other side of it as to the fact that there might be some forces that are probably resistance to a cure because they have vast amounts of uh um, income to to lose. We never get that far because we're talking about this, you know, well, smoking does this or that does that, but we don't talk about this other side of it as to the fact that there might be some forces that are probably resistance to a cure because they have vast amounts of uh, um, income to to lose, uh, and that has become a sort of industry. So on one side, you have all these breakthrough uh, therapies and wonderful things happening. And then the other side there is this resistance to having a final cure because it's now such a huge thing, right? We have, a, we have, on the other side, we have a debate going on within the black community as to those who are specifically will benefit from you know, the uh, compensation, reparation, if it ever does arrive. And the fact that the foundational African-Americans should be distinct from the black immigrants like me, for example, there should be be some sort of uh, distinction. And um, and that also that a lot of what we celebrate as progress, whether it's with uh, President uh, Obama, or with Vice President Kamala, you have they're, they're considered, you know, born from immigrants, and not directly from the African American, uh, you know, uh, family, as it were. So that is a, that is a discussion that we need to.
1: So many huge discussions that are yes. I mean, so many things that are that are intrinsic to to what's happening in the, the country that we never even scratched yeah. the surface of that you are are attempting to to really reach into and look at
2: Yes just, just 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 quickly it's it what the point really is is that i may be considered an lgbtq uh, um, ally for example but i don't know enough about the mm-hmm. community i really don't know enough mm-hmm. and uh what it means is that I basically have a firm understanding of my own sexuality, for example. And um, why would I deny anyone the same belief in their own uh, sexuality as well? Why would I deny that? I, w- I would never experience what, they've, what they're experiencing, but no one had to educate me or teach me as to what it was that uh, naturally I, you know, I, I gravitated towards. So we have to have that discussion. This, it's, it's pointless just necessarily just pointing at words or law or labels. It's important to understand that each individual is literally custom made. And we, we have, <laughs> we can deep dive into the LGBTQ community and go into a sub-community within it and on the sub and you find conflict in every uh, fashion. So the method to resolve these conflicts is is not something that should just be uh, a top line. I I try to discourage people who have an agenda and they come to Dream Week and it's really just to bash on the other side or to say, hey, look, we are victims because there's so much information surrounding that out there. Dream Week is about saying, okay, I'm ready to make a deal here. I'm ready to discuss. I'm ready to even learn more. You know, and I'm open to changing my position because I think it's better for all of us.
1: And I I love that about Dream because victimization. Anytime you walk into a situation as as a victim, then your power has just been given away. But when you walk into a situation empowered with the knowledge of, of both sides, then you have you have the ability to make decisions yes. and and to affect change for both uh, empowerment is taking, taking control of a situation, seeing what your, what your role is in it and what the other's role is in, in whatever the, the problem or, or uh, path is that you're on. Because anytime, you're, anytime we, we take a role as a victim and say, oh, they control me, well, then they have the power the illustrious they, <laughs> I mean, they just do all kinds of stuff, there, according to according to the rest of the world, but once, when you walk in, and you know who you are, you know what you stand for, and you're willing to sit down, and lay out, okay, this is, this is whose show is, this is what I stand for, I want to hear what, were you, what your perspective is on this this uh matter and let's see if we can come to a consensus now you're affecting change
2: yeah the um you know the victimizer also also might have been a victim you know you know themselves and um
1: and often that's the case that's what our statistics tell us and that's what social science tells us that's what psychology tells us is often victims uh victimizers were victims at one time
2: Yes. and, uh, and But without dismissing the fact that there are, you know, victims and there's some right now who are going through this challenge of actually breaking away from that whatever pain and, you know, in some cases torture they're going through. But sometimes it's not as easy as just stepping away and moving on. There's a lot to um, deal with. Yet they are more than that. Right. And that is, that is what I think uh, we have to bring back is what are we missing out in this individual by just necessarily looking at them at that, le- with, through that lens, mm-hmm. you know, continuously, what else is there? You know, that uh,
1: that's one sliver completely, of their experience. There's so much more,
2: so much more, so much more. And we, we, we can't keep missing that. So, um, you know, you know, before I came to San Antonio, my my friends, I lived in New York for a while and my friends were going, why would you even think about Texas? And, <laughs> you know, so the uh, the idea- now, Wait a minute. Right?
1: Now, you know, I love Texas. Where are you going with this show? No,
2: just... Well, obviously obviously, I'm here and the, the globe is huge, but I'm in, I'm in Texas. So there must be a reason for it. So, you know, the, the, the point is that, I, I, I came in here and of course, you know, my entire experience of Texas was through media and but all forms of media. Free. And I'm not saying it in a negative fashion, but, you know, all forms of media. And I had to read about it. I saw little clips. I saw some, you know, movies and and uh, the like, but ultimately that's all you know until you actually visit a place. And then you realize that, uh, or once you realize that, these are just labels, they're names in the end in San Antonio, they are people and uh you know the more of those people you meet, the more complex you realize that any one environment is you know it doesn't matter where you are as long as you try and get to know as many people as possible you know uh it 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 makes a it makes a huge huge difference We should have um there should be no reason for example why where um, you can break bread, you can, you know, just invite somebody you've just met uh, with no agenda besides just getting to know them and getting to know their culture, getting to know how they live. Uh, and uh, the rewards are immense. And I think that's really what I've been very fortunate to experience in San Antonio. When I first arrived, when I first arrived here, uh, people used to ask me then why I was here. And you know I've lived in London, I've lived in New York, I've lived in one of uh, Lagos. These are some of the biggest um, cities out there. and but no there'd, n- there'd never been any place that I moved to that asked me that question, and it was very odd to me. and uh, everywhere else I'd been then I, I kind of saw kind of a finished, you know uh, canvas, most people that I engaged with at that time, especially in New York, were kind of just fueling the entire uh, city, but they were not part of what was going on at all. Um, and I, I know that sounds like a contradiction, but they were not the vehicles, they're, you know, this is a fuel. And they're not a the driver. They didn't even know the destination. And I felt somewhat like that. In San Antonio you know, I felt that I could breathe a little bit more. And uh, it also has this characteristic of being, I think the one of the cities, the only cities that I've heard of or being that has generations of all three um, major groups here, the, you know, uh, whites, African-Americans and uh, Hispanics. And um, you have, all 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 three groups represented here for generations Mm -hmm. and so they've kind of figured out a way to at the very least tolerate each other (laughs) right at the very least Mm -hmm. but even so more than that i think there's this uh interesting mixture here i and i tell some of i tell my friends in new york and you know you might go to chinatown or you go to little italy and you know be part of it but it's kind of a it's just a marketplace type of culture in san antonio you have to leave those other cultures as well it's a, it surrounds you a little bit more it's less of a street level facing you can you can drive around this city and get to know it you have to knock on doors and be welcomed and so that is what i think makes san antonio special and that's one of the reasons i like to here because it, it gives me the to, it gives me the uh you know I basically have to challenge myself to be able to get out of what I, you know, my, my little uh, bubble and, <laughs> and meet people in other bigger cities. It's, uh, or more established. I don't want you to use that word, but in the much bigger cities, uh, it's a lot more difficult, um, to be as engaging. You
1: know, that what you said there, I love because San Antonio is, it's like a, It's like a—it's a large city, but with a small town feel to it. And people, our people here, do engage with one another. And because it is a crossroads of America, it's a microcosm of of the United States. uh, It is probably one of the most beautiful places to live, uh, aesthetically and for the soul and the spirit of of this thing that we call the American dream. Um, You have been listening to On the Record with Tiffany and my wonderful visionary guest show, (laughs) uh, the founder and visionary for Dream Week, Shokari Nakpodia. And come back, we have one more segment and we're going to talk about his highlights for Dream Week. This year, he's got 32 speakers, 32 speakers who are going to talk about what it means to them for our future what is our future going to be what do they envision our future as within their their various realms and uh areas of expertise i just thank you michelle for what you're doing in the community and i'm looking forward to talking to you a little bit more about dream week and how you are living out the vision, how your team—and when I say you, I mean collectively the Dream Week team—how <laughs> you all are are living out this vision uh, that Martin Luther King Jr. had for us. And once again, you're listening to on the record with Tiffany. We are more alike than we are different, and we get the pleasure of having hometown heroes and what uh, I envision to be national heroes. Um, here on our show and we have one of them with us today so thank you show and come on back for the last segment up On The Record with Tiffany I'm Tiffany Smith Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation and I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health health is the most important asset we possess COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes To two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister? Is your brother? Is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you. And we're back with On the Record with Tiffany. Uh, You're listening to On the Record with Tiffany here on 930 AM, The Answer, and on the African American Network television, where we have a local feel with a global reach. And I'm I'm so thankful to have uh, both uh, networks sponsoring us, and uh, to be a part of both of them uh, because our demographics are are so. Our demographics really identify what we are here for, which is to bring together all aspects uh, of our society so that we can hear one another, see one another, and realize the humanity in in each other. So today I have uh, Shokari Napodia, my uh, uh, a leader in our community and, and a visionary that, that I have the pleasure of interviewing and seeing uh, from the inside out his organization as a volunteer, I volunteered with, with uh, Dream Week and that's really how I got involved uh For the first time, so um I got to see what they are like and how uh they run and and just the heart of of the organization which is which definitely makes them uh heroes in my book and everyone else's anybody that sees uh what show is doing with this and what his team is doing uh and and i i hold you up show because you're the leader. There is no no dream week without the visionary behind dream week and then the team that that uh you've assembled for it and which your team is stellar. Um but I just want our audience to see show and dream week and what dream week is doing because in this particular c- political climate we just had uh trials coming together for uh uh january 6th and we've had we've seen uh, a lot of division in our our nation i love to highlight the ways that we can come together we don't have to be divided we can have our own opinions but we can come together and share them And show represents that. So thank you, show.
2: Thank you, uh, look, Tiffany. I I have to thank you again for all the work you've done and the background for Dream Voice uh, presented with Dream Week. You know, I remember seeing you come up the stairs. um, You know, a couple of years ago, or maybe even more, um, for the very first time, like
1: three or four years.
2: Yeah, for the first first time, and uh, and I think we might have started to a conversation at the end of the orientation and we probably spoke for about 30 minutes just like going on and on and even then i i said well wow you know this is a this is a wonderful um connection and you know i'm just delighted that we've reached people like you who can do, do so much work you know uh in getting the word out that um we can that collectively that we have something special going on in san antonio and and I'm fortunate that I am kind of you know the herald, and i I started it, but you know it came from having the largest march in the nation, right? Yeah. Uh, I started to ask, I had had the um, good fortune of working on you know in my other job. The Mighty Group, I had the good fortune of doing a lot of creative work for the March one year. And I was so uh, in awe of it because I had to get up super early, six o'clock and probably stay till the very end. The last person left the March. So I saw the entire process, how it developed and, you know, uh, and kind of how it ended And I, you know, I started to ask myself and a few colleagues and wondered how we could maybe extend this outside of just the march. Just like you said, dream year should be something that we should have. And it was that same sort of, uh, oh, I need more of this. And how can we get people whose hearts are in the right place, but for some reason or the other, they just can't make the march. You know, how can we give them another opportunity to celebrate? this tolerance, diversity, inequality, where we all come together, you know, much in the same direction. And, you know, we disperse as well, but at one point, at some point, we had this, you know, uh, agreement, you know, kind of this collection of a moment when we all sort of agreed to be doing something together. And, you know, it really helped. And so we went out to all the organizations, The you know, we started from, Summer, and uh, I remember, and uh, obviously the city of San Antonio, are huge, huge partners. Without them, there'd be no Dream Week. Uh, they're, they're huge sponsors, but more importantly, they also try to give us the resources, the contacts to reach out to a broader network. And for the few, first few years, nobody said no. And that's when we knew we had something special going on because there was just a, a thirst for it. And of course, you know, people want to use, (laughs) we have to be very careful and because MLK's dream did not uh, have any one group outside of it. And so we have to be very careful that in our approach, in our language, uh, we weren't dismissive of any group at all. And that has been the biggest, biggest challenge. And I your question about those people reaching out to the reaching across the aisle or just trying to respect each other as we discussed in the past um, those tasks are a lot more difficult than they appear because the bare people like Dream voice once we have once we seem to be um of one agenda or the other then we are less likely to be successful. We want to make sure that dream week is you know, for everyone, the only criteria we have is that you cannot have an event that you know, um you basically your events must allow every single person the opportunity to participate or attend. And that's all we say. Once you once you exclude people mm-hmm. Then, then we, we we don't believe that that's a path forward uh, in, for the future, uh, for a peaceful future. Everyone has to be included in that dialogue. And um, increasingly, we uh, we anticipated. Uh, again, we're not prophets, but just by being on the ground, here to the ground, we anticipated the kind of uh, uh, issues we were going to have uh, a couple of years ago with a lot of the. Um, protests and uh our position for example with um, the idea of uh, police brutality is that we have to be very careful in dismissing a large group of individuals under one banner and say police they have to be our neighbors they have to be you know Parents of uh, uh, children that our children uh, relate to, uh, relate with, or even you know uh, connect with, we have to see them as human beings first.
1: We can't and that, that, the police it's, in the same way, but yes. if we don't the same thing that that we've experienced as yes. African Americans. Yes, is what we're doing to the police if we lump them all under one set of criteria and say this is who these these folks are when 90 99% of your police are not engaging in anything that's wrong against against the community you've been listening to on the record with Tiffany thank you so much show for coming out and listening and uh, telling us all about uh dream voice and yeah. dream week yes um, i appreciate it And I appreciate everything that you're doing in our community. And I'm looking forward to this. I cannot wait. I do it every year. And I encourage our our listeners who want to volunteer, go to that same website, dreamweek.org, and offer your services to volunteer. They still need people for the Spurs games. And I know y'all love the Spurs. So (laughs) uh, we still need volunteers for that. Uh, they're like, like Joe said, there are over 200 events and we need volunteers for them. So go to dreamweek.org and just check it out. See what's there. You're going to be on there for an hour. I can, I can tell you that. So set aside an hour of your time, but, <laughs> but uh, you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. Thank you, Joe. And thank you to our sponsors, uh, 930 AM, The Answer and the african-american network television where we have a local feel and a global reach remember we are more alike than we are different and once again i just want you to think through what can you do to contribute to change and progress in our nation have a great week and think about who you are
0: You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930amtheanswer.com. And join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930am The Answer.